service, I'll ask you to turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 7. The book of Proverbs, chapter 7. I'll begin in verse 6. I, I don't necessarily know the reasons why the Lord lays different things on a preacher's heart. I don't know. But this... Uh, this week I've had two things that I, I couldn't get away from. One we preached this morning and this is the other one. Uh, beginning in verse 6, if you found your place, I'll ask you if you're able and if you're willing, if you would rise for the reading of the word. We'll begin in Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 6. And beginning here reading, the Bible states, For at the window of my house I looked to my casement, and beheld among the simple ones I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house, in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot, and subtle of heart. And Lord, this evening, please do, Lord, be with us. Please help me in the preaching of this, Lord, that you would help me to get across the things that were on my heart. And Lord, help us all in the hearing of your word, Lord, that, uh, that Lord, we hear with understanding. Help us, Lord, that we, uh, that we Lord, understand what you're trying to tell us. Uh, help us, Lord, that we be helped and ask it in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Again, I don't necessarily know why uh, some things are given me to preach. All I know is that they're given me to preach. And so, uh, whatever this is, I hope it's a help to you. Uh, I want to deal with one phrase in here. We see a simple young man destroyed. And it's just simply a picture of the destructive power of one force that's in the world. And this is that, uh, that false woman. We studied this earlier in Proverbs earlier this year. But I want to deal with one phrase, and that's in verse 10. It says, the attire of a harlot. It says, behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot. Uh, and this struck me uh, somewhat because uh, you know there's there's it's hard to define this and, I, and I've even looked this up to try to get some help and I've found that not, not anybody not any commentator has uh, much on what is the attire of a harlot but it's in your Bible isn't it mine's not the only Bible that has that phrase right yours has it so that means then that you do understand there is a such thing as the attire of a harlot uh, throughout history, I think probably most households that have had a young girl growing up have had at some point in time where the father told that young girl, you're not going out of the house dressed like that. It's just as common as it can be. It's one of the things as, as a young woman comes up and grows up, she comes to an age where she realizes uh, that men look at her and desire her and furthermore realize that there's a power associated with that and that she has a certain power over men because of the fact that they look at her and desire her. And because of that, a natural temptation for any young woman coming up is to use that power to allure men to get what she wants. And so that's something that has to be addressed. And that's why fathers have addressed this with daughters. And mothers have addressed it with daughters throughout history. Because it's a natural temptation uh, of a young lady as she comes up uh, to make herself appealing to men and to go too far in doing so. Are you with me? 
Well, what I want to deal with is the attire of a harlot, both in the natural and in the spiritual, if I can. Because there is a such thing as a woman dressed like a streetwalker. Uh, just like, like I say, many fathers have told her daughter, you dress like a streetwalker, you're not going out in that. And the objection always comes back, no, I'm not. And uh, no, I'm not. You can't say that. Well, I tell you, if you go to a store, you won't find a section of the women's clothes that says this is the harlot's clothes over here. It's not clearly defined like that. Uh, and if you go and, and take cloth to make a, a dress or a blouse or something, you won't find a harlot's pattern. It's not like that. You don't go to to where the women's shoes are and find shoes for, for women who are true women and then shoes for harlots. It's not like that. So what is a harlot's attire? What is it? We know it exists because it's in the Bible. But what is it? And you won't find a written definition. And the reason why is because it has to do with the spirit of the thing. It's more than just a definition that says if it's longer than this or shorter than this or, or if it's uh, this color or if it's that style. It's not that at all. It has to do with the spirit of the thing. And so it is both naturally uh, with a woman's clothing and so it is as well spiritually because this harlot that we said that, or this adulterous woman that we said was in Proverbs when we preached it earlier this year we said it's a picture of the false woman or the false church or the, or the false spirit even of this world. But especially I want to deal with tonight the false church. The attire is the outward portion. It's the outward appearance. The attire of a harlot is not the spirit of a harlot but the attire, the dress if you will, the outward part. And I know you probably get tired of me uh, uh, preaching sometimes on how we dress. Uh, but when I can go through town and see the difference between Christians and lost folks, I'll quit preaching it. But until then, I'll keep preaching it. Because there's a difference between that that's godly and that that's ungodly, both in the natural and in the spiritual. With the natural, we'll look uh, tonight at about three or four things concerning the attire of a harlot. But I want you to know it all also has to do uh, with the way that the church appears. It has to do with the way uh, that this world's version of a church, the false church, appears. You see, a harlot is a particular kind of woman. Every woman's not a harlot. And that's right. And the harlot church is a particular kind of church. Every church is not the harlot church. But there is a such thing as a harlot, and there is a harlot church. And there's a difference between the two. And we can see there's a difference between the way that they look on the outside. There's a difference between the way they appear. There's a difference. And you say, well, how is that so? The outside doesn't determine the inside. No, that's true. The outside doesn't determine the inside. But the inside will determine the outside. You know, if, if uh, somebody walked up to just a random truck or car and took a, a bumper sticker from some sports team and stuck it on that car or truck, it wouldn't make that person inside that car a fan of that sports team. But if somebody's a sports nut, eventually they're going to stick all that sports stuff all over the outside of their car and everything else. Do you follow me? What's on the inside shows up on the outside. It's not that the outside changes the inside. But the inside changes the outside. And if a woman has it in her heart, if a woman has it in her heart to seek after the wrong paths, it'll show on the way she dresses. And if a church has it in their heart to seek after the world's way of doing things, it'll show up on the outside. The attire of a harlot. 
The very first thing is uh, concerning the attire of a harlot is this attire uh, advertises flesh. There's no way around it. The attire of a harlot advertises flesh because she's found that's where her power is. And so it is also with the adulterous church, with a, uh, with a worldly church, if you will. She's found where her power is. She's left the power of God and went after the power of this world. And everything becomes about the flesh, just as it is uh, for a harlot herself. And now this may be, uh, it may be by using less clothes. You know that uh, when I was a young man, 19, 20, 21, and in the Marine Corps, uh, we would go out sometimes, several of us uh, young boys would go out, and we were up to no good. And when we were looking uh, for, for loose women, you know how we spotted them? By the clothes they wore. Now you can say what you want to. And people say, you can't judge me by the clothes you wear. The whole world judges you by the clothes you wear. Always has, always will. Uh, and we, that's how we spotted uh, which women were interested in doing anything wrong. was by the clothes they wore. And the first thing that you spot is they wear less clothes. They show more flesh. And so it is as well with the adulterous church, the worldly church, because we're given a robe of righteousness. But if, you want, uh, if, if, if the church wants to go worldly, the thing it has to do is deny righteousness. It has to show less righteousness and say, we're not like those hypocrites. We're not like those Pharisees. We don't have all those do's and don'ts. Come as you are. Stay as you are. We don't, and as a matter of fact, when you get in a church like that, they won't even mention the word righteousness or holiness or godliness because that sounds too churchy. See, the first thing is to, to attract attention, to, to advertise the flesh, you have to show less clothes, less of that robe of righteousness, if you will. And so that the harlot church is just like the woman dressed in a harlot's attire. And the other way is tighter clothes. Tighter Clothes, Because this is the ultimate deception. Uh, listen, people know why they wear the clothes they wear. You're not going to fool me on this. A woman who wears skin-tight clothes knows exactly what she's doing. And I won't believe any difference. See, what you do when you wear them skin-tight clothes and try and show off uh, the shape of the flesh is you're showing the flesh without showing the flesh, if you will. Uh, you're being deceptive in that. Uh, you're trying to say that legally or technically I'm in compliance with everything in the scriptures, but really you're not. Uh, this is, and how does that show uh, in the natural? You know how it shows in the natural. Uh, when you see, and it's a harlot's attire. When you see a woman dressed in skin tight clothes walking down and trying to get attention from the way she walks, that's dressed like a harlot, is it not? And so it is with a church that tries to have a covering of righteousness, but it's not intended for righteousness. Righteousness is a covering. It's intended to act like it's a covering of righteousness, but really it's there to show the flesh. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about uh, a lot of the things that 
like the worship music services, the things that a church will do to say, look, we're just as righteous as you. We've got a covering of worship music, but really it's all about the flesh. It's all about the emotions. It's all. Have you been to one of those church services where you see everybody with their little half-wave salute and swaying back and forth? Oh, and all the... And look, if, if God's in something and it causes an emotion reaction, I, I'm fine with that. But that fleshly... Emotional service is like the skin-tight clothes on a harlot. It provides a coverage that's not a coverage. It provides a show of righteousness that's really a show of the flesh. Are you following me? It's the attire of a harlot. And a church can have the attire of a harlot. It can show outwardly what it wants to. But if it's in the heart of that church to chase after the flesh... What you'll see is flesh everywhere. No matter what they say it's supposed to be. When you hear that backbeat music going on in a church that sounds just like the world's music, why is that? Because they're advertising the flesh. Because they're going after the flesh. See, God's a spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. You can't worship God in the flesh and worship Him truly. It's not possible to worship Him in truth. You have to worship Him in spirit. It can't be in the flesh. And that means that your worship can't be centered on the flesh. It's not going to be sensual. It's not going to sound like bedroom music when a special is sung up on a platform if the worship is according to the spirit. That's of the flesh. That's the, the, the attire of a harlot. And when you see it in a church, you know it's wrong. It's just like when you, when you drive down the street and you see a woman who's dressed in the attire of a harlot. You know it's wrong, even if you can't prove it. And when you walk in a church that has a worship service that just feels like the sensual stuff of this world, you know it's wrong, though you can't prove it. It's the attire of a harlot. It advertises the flesh. Well, you ain't got to say amen is true anyhow. There's other things that are true about the attire of a harlot. It attracts attention. That's what it's designed for. It's to get the eyes to turn. To get the mind thinking. It's usually flashy or gaudy. Brightly colored. Something to get the eyes to look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. So it is with a church that's the harlot church. If the church is not based on the power of God, but on the power of the flesh instead, it'll always be, look at me, look at me, look at me. We need another sign. We need a flashing sign. We need something up there with funny little sayings on it. We need something to attract the flesh. Uh, we need to go out and have a soul winning crusade where we can go up and knock on every door in town and in five seconds have them all saved and on the membership roll. See, that's the flesh. That's got nothing to do with the Spirit of God. That's the attire of a harlot. It attracts attention. An advertising campaign where you can show a preacher and his wife up there on a billboard uh, and, and attract attention and say, look at me and look who we are. Uh, and have things all over town. Have, have something supposedly for the youth. Uh, to where you can have them out there uh, and attract them in uh, with whatever this world's got, we'll have our version of it. Attract attention, attract attention. That's the attire of a harlot. That's what it does. But a true woman, we find from scriptures, a woman that's true to her mate is not out seeking every man's attention. 
She's true to her man. And the true church is true to Jesus Christ. And doesn't care about this world's attentions. But it's true to Jesus Christ. But a church with the attire of a harlot will attract attention every time it can. Attract attention and direct it toward the flesh at every opportunity. Uh, next thing is that besides attracting attention, it allures an adulterer. Now that's what a harlot is trying to do. She's trying to allure someone into adultery. Whether she intends, whether she be a harlot, and that's her true intent, or whether she's trying to act like one, and by the way, a woman who tries to act like one will end up being one. A church that's trying to attract the flesh is alluring adulterers. What is spiritual adultery? It's the mixture of the flesh and the spirit. It's when somebody says, come in and you can be close to God without doing all that religious stuff. You can come in here and you can go to heaven and you can have a good time doing it. It's a mixture of spirit and flesh. You see, what you've got is an unnatural marriage. You've got a mixture there between the, the church is supposed to be married spiritually to her spiritually husband, but she's trying to introduce the flesh. That's spiritual adultery. Uh, and that's what the attire of a harlot does is attract or allure an adulterer with the promise of an illicit relationship. That's why a harlot dresses the way she does. She's trying to lure a man in to adultery so that he might, with a promise of an illicit relationship. That's why she dresses the way she does. And that's why a lot of the churches do the things they do. To allure people in. To say, come on in and you can be married to God and the world too. You can have it all. You can come in here and rather than feed you a lot of uh, convicting power of the Word of God, instead you can come in here and we'll tell you jokes, talk about deer hunting, we'll dismiss and you can go out and eat and have a good time and say that you went to church. Are you with me? That's the attire of a harlot. And that's the attire of a harlot church. She's trying to allure people in to commit adultery on God. To say that they're married to God spiritually, but yet have their love into the world. Uh, and their love uh, given to the world. That's the attire of a heart. It allures adulterers. Uh, this combination of the flesh and the spirit is ungodly, it's unnatural, and it's unknown to scriptures. The very idea that a church would have a ball team. That's the mixture of the, of the flesh and the spirit. And it's spiritual adultery. The very idea that a church would have a TV screen and play the Super Bowl uh, in, inside the sanctuary. And many do. It's spiritual adultery. And that's the attire of a harlot. Because it's promising an illicit relationship with the world while the church is supposedly married to God. It's harlotry. It's adultery. The attire of a harlot. How do you recognize the harlot church? By her attire. By, the way, by what's going on. By the things you see. And these things you see. When you see that a church has the things that appeal to the flesh. When it calls to the young people and says, Come here. Come here and go to church. We have dance teams. We'll have you having drama clubs. We'll have all these things of the world. You can be as worldly as you can be and still be up here and be right with God. That's the attire of a harlot. It's alluring them to adultery. It's telling them you can be married to God and the world. It's a lie. It's a lie. Amen. When you see churches put up billboards 
And you see them pretty constantly. Come see this weightlifting team. Uh, and you see a bunch of just almost naked men up there going to speak in your church up there on the platform. Come see Tim Tebow or whoever the sports star of the year is this year. Uh, give an inspiring speech at the church. That's a mixture of the flesh and the spirit. It's the flesh pretending to be the spirit. Isn't that what a harlot does? Pretends to be the wife? That's a harlot church. It's not the true church. It's not the bride of Christ. It's a harlot. You know a harlot by her attire. You can see it. You don't have to prove it. You know it. And so it is with the harlot church. There's one more thing besides, besides advertising the flesh, besides attracting attention, and besides alluring the adulterer that the attire of a harlot does. The attire of a harlot angers the Almighty. You know, if God was alright with it, I don't guess I'd have any right to preach against it. But this angers the Almighty. I don't mean it displeases Him a little, or that it's not quite in the center of His will, or any of those other cowardly ways of addressing this. I mean to tell you that it makes God angry. Uh, that this is something that the wrath of God will be poured upon is the harlot church. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why it's so dangerous uh, for a young lady to fall victim to that temptation. Uh, to use the power of the flesh uh, to, to get her way with men. It's because what she's doing is putting herself in a position to have the wrath of God poured upon her. And all she's got to do is just go that little bit too far. Uh, it angers the Almighty both to see it in the natural and to see it in the spiritual. Uh, it's not a light thing, by the way, uh, if your daughters and your granddaughters go outside your house dressed in the attire of a harlot. It's not a light thing. Uh, I remember one of my sisters, the worst trouble I think she ever got in with my father was over green eyeshadow uh, because he said she looked like a harlot. That wasn't what she was planning on doing, but something had to stop right then. And I tell you that you need to stop some things too. Uh, and if you have the ability. I know you don't have uh, the authority over your grandparents, uh, grandchildren and great-grandchildren, uh, but what authority you do have, try to make sure that as they come up they understand that it's a dangerous thing to tread that path uh, for a young lady to leave the house looking like a harlot, dressed in the attire of a harlot. And it's a dangerous thing for a church to be allured to this world and to flesh and to seek to put on the attire of a harlot. In Revelation chapter 2, when John was on the Isle of Patmos and the Lord showed up on the Lord's day, and by the way, it's the Lord's day all day, uh, the Lord never said the Lord's hour. It's always the Lord's day. Sunday's the Lord's day all day. In verse 18 of chapter 2, as the Lord gave this address to the seven different churches, He came across one church that had one significant problem that He addressed. Verse 18, it says, And unto the angel of the church of Thyatira write, these things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes, eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. And brass is a picture of judgment. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, 
And thy works and the last to be more than the first. It sounds good so far. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. Because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to, co to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication. She repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. What's he saying? He says, you got someone in your midst, claims to be all spiritual, who's causing my people to go out. It says commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. That means go out partying with the world, by the way. That's when they ate things sacrificed to idols, was at their great feast and parties. You know, like Mardi Gras. Uh, as a matter of fact, be careful, even the 4th of July things. Some of them are clean, some of them are not. You need to have discretion uh, of where you'd go and what, and what you'll partake in. You see, this Jezebel, I doubt that was her real name. If you study Jezebel uh, in 1 Kings and 2 Kings, I doubt it was her. her I, I think he was talking of a woman and everybody would understood, understand who she was. But he, she caused people in that church to try to be married to God and married to the world both. Do you follow that? Whether they were committing fornication or adultery in the natural or not. I believe they were. I believe the language is clear. But there's argument about that sometimes. But regardless, she was causing people to try to serve God and serve the world. And did you not read that God was angry with it? And said He would destroy her and them? It's a dangerous thing to put on the attire of a harlot. It angers the Almighty in the book of Isaiah. There's more examples of it in this Bible than I can read you tonight. I'm just going to read you a couple of read you one. I want to read to you in Isaiah. And again, Isaiah, like many of the other prophets, uh, tried to reach uh, the, the children of Israel and of Judah with the cost of their sin. And now he spoke to a, a nation, and he was speaking specifically to the women here. Uh, but in, in chapter 3 of Isaiah, and I'll give you time to turn there. He spends a good bit of time speaking of this, and how that it angers God to see the women of a nation dressed as harlots and looking cheap. In chapter 3, beginning in verse 16, Moreover, the Lord saith, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty, and walk with stretched forth necks, and wanton eyes. That means, you know what wanton eyes are? Those are you, you've seen a woman when she's got that sultry look in her eyes, like she's just looking for a man. And she is. That's what it's talking about. Wanton eyes. Walking and mincing as they go, and making a tinkling with their feet. Therefore the Lord will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. And yes, he's talking about diseases and STDs. 
And by the way, that's rampant right now in America. Something like 50%, I think they said, uh, of, of the younger generation is probably going to have chlamydia. Uh, 20% will have herpes. Uh, it's out of control in America right now. Why? Uh, because the morals. Uh, you can't run around like rabbits uh, without having a cost associated with it. And that's what the Lord said. You'll have diseases. Verse 18, In that day the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments about their feet and their calls and their round tires like the moon, the chains and the bracelets and mufflers and bonnets, and the ornaments of the legs and the headbands and the tablets and the earrings, the rings and the nose jewels and the changeable suits of apparel and the mantles and the wimples and the crisping pins, the glasses and the fine linen and the hoods and the veils. Who was it that was fed up with all of this uh, attire of a harlot? Who was it was fed up with it? It was God. That's who's saying this to Isaiah. God does not sound like he's pleased a little bit with the fashions of the women. Why? Because it was the attire of a harlot. How do I know? Because the way he's describing how they're walking and describing how they're acting with the stretched forth necks. And I know what it looks like to see a woman who's walking and mincing and looking with wanton eyes and a stretched out neck. I know what he's talking about there. And you do too. The Lord hated it. Hated it. And He hates the attire of a harlot. Hates it. Hates it in the natural. Here He's speaking of the natural. This isn't talking about the church. It's talking about the natural. It says the daughters of Zion. It's talking about the women of the nation. He hated the way that they were dressing and trying to get attention to themselves and trying to advertise the flesh, trying to attract attention. He hated it. And he still hates it. And you might say, well, I'm old enough now, it doesn't matter. Well, you're an example to the youth. And if you teach the young women it's alright uh, to not wear clothes by you not wearing clothes, then you're a participant in their sins. So it matters. It says, and it shall come to pass, and instead of a sweet smell, there shall be stink. Instead of a girdle, a rent. Instead of a well-set hair, baldness. Instead of a stomacher, a girdling of sackcloth and burning instead of beauty. That's pretty harsh. And I didn't, I didn't come up with this. This is what the Lord said. He hates the attire of a harlot. It angers him. And I tell you, the same is true of the church. And in this land, this land is full of harlot churches. I, I don't know what, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of not calling them what they are. It's what they are. Uh, I think I've told you this once before. There's a, a, a church. It's not our denomination, but it doesn't matter. In Sulphur, Louisiana, I heard of them having a, a 50s night. Uh, a sock hop at a 50s night. In pictures of Elvis and Marilyn Monroe and Jim, James Dean on the walls. I thought, my goodness. My goodness. Marilyn Monroe was a harlot for sure. Elvis Presley was a pedophile. And James Dean was a homosexual. And you're going to put that on the walls of your church? And you're going to have a sock hop in the middle of your church? That's a harlot church. And it's everywhere. So you may get asked sometime, y'all still a bunch of sticks in the mud over there? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Why don't y'all have a... Why don't y'all have Charlie Daniels in or one of those country singers that says they got saved? Well, first off, a church of 13 people can't support them. But if we had 13,000 people, I wouldn't want them here. 
If they really got saved, they'll get out of the industry. As long as they're stuck in that music industry, they ain't coming here and singing on the platform. I don't want this church to put on the attire of a harlot. I'm not going to do it. But you need to know where it's at in the Scriptures. It's not the, the reason that we're against trying to take on the things of this world and the things of the flesh in this church is not because of tradition. It's not because this is the way that, that we've always done it and this is the way Mama did it and Daddy did it. No. It's because God hates the attire of a harlot. And He hates. Uh, not only does He hate it in the natural. And by the way, that needs to be reinforced. God hates it in the natural. He doesn't like to see a woman dressed like a cheap woman, like a cheap floozy. He doesn't like it. And especially hates it when it's, when it's the church women. I mean, I have no expectations whatsoever of a lost world. I expect them to be ungodly. They're without God. What else do you expect? But the women of the church and the men of the church, I expect to act and look godly. But the church itself is to look godly. It's to look right. That's why we don't have a Christmas tree in. It's why we don't have, uh, it's why we don't have a bunch of bling-bling all over the church. We're not going to put on the attire of a harlot. But we're going to serve God as the church is supposed to. Like a true wife. One who doesn't care about the attention of the world. Oh, we would like for the children of the world to get saved. To be born into the kingdom. We'd love for them to. Love for them to come visit. Invite them to come visit. But we're not going to put on the attire of a harlot to get them here. Not going to have a big hot dog supper out front just to get them in the door. Are you all with me? And it's not a light thing. It's a serious thing. There really is meaning behind that belief. It's not just, oh, y'all do it y'all's way and we do it our way. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're going to do our best to do it God's way. We're going to do our best to keep clean before God. We're going to do our best to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And not worship Him as a harlot church filled with the world. And that's what I have for you this evening. And uh, I know of nothing else to do other than to close it out in prayer. It's what we're going to do this Sunday night. Y'all be careful out there. And uh, I promise you I wasn't trying to burn you up tonight. But it's what the Lord would have me to preach. And, and I don't get a vote in it. Uh, he tells me what to preach. And so that's what comes. Uh, so we'll close it out in prayer. Brother Craig, if you would, would you uh, close us out, sir?